Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Sometimes we have goals, and they are not necessarily goals that are best for us, but goals that we think this is what I'm, I should have, right? I should have this level of paying job. I should have this type of car. I should have this amount of body fat. I should, you know, these are the, the you know, a lot of goals that people uh, sort of set for themselves. Um, but without guiding principles and values, those goals are meaningless. Hey, what's going on, Rudder Nation? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. I'm going to be joined by a good friend, colleague, Lima Charlie Network member, Scott Green from the Llama Lounge podcast. Together, we're going to talk about the importance of our faith, our Christian faith specifically, in the overall scheme of our lives when we're looking at our faith, our family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. So what is the role that Christian faith can play in your life or having a set of values and core beliefs that drive what you do? So maybe you're not a Christian. There are still some valuable lessons you can pull from this. Maybe you want to reshape a life that makes the world a better place. That gives us some common ground here. So sit back and relax and listen to the show. Here we go. All right. Hey, Scott from the Llama Lounge. How are you doing, man? Jerry, I feel like I'm in my home away from home. You are in a sense. Like you may officially with this segment uh, have tied with the most appearances on Beyond the Rut in the month of April. (laughs) I don't, I I don't, it's only the second, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe in ties. Jerry. All right, we'll have to get you on again. Oh, uh, we, need, we need some overtime. We need we a we need a we need a victory. Yeah, then, I feel like I've spent more time in your walk-in closet studio than anybody else. So <laughs> with my face behind your head on the green screen, that is <laughs> awesome. Right. Uh, so those who are watching this on YouTube, uh, I guess you get double dose of Jerry. Um, kind of a before and after. It's kind of sad. Jerry before cake is behind Scott. Jerry after cake is what you're watching live right now on this video. <laughs> And and you know what's funny is that wasn't planned at all. That just happens to be my background all the time. <laughs> all the time. That is awesome. I love That's it. That's how I get through life with Jesus and Jerry. There so. we go. The, the way it should be. <laughs> you know what? That would be an awesome. If I ever became a pastor, that would be the, the podcast I need to do. Jesus yeah. and Jerry. Yeah. And you. Uh, man. <laughs> Which kind of leads us right into what you and I wanted to talk about in this episode. Uh, because, you know, Beyond the Rut, which is a show about – sharing encouraging stories and practical tools to help you uh, pull yourself out of the rut and live a life worth living. There are really like five circles of our life or five areas or domains of our life uh, that I feel need to be addressed, if not in balance, at least addressed so that you have that life that can be sustained that's worth living. Uh, And the very first thing on that list of five F's is faith. And then, of course, that's followed by family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. Uh, And I've put that in order uh, with a purpose um, because even though, like, fitness is kind of that centerpiece around, like, physical fitness, mental health fitness, spiritual fitness, um, that is kind of like the core that allows you to uh, have that uh, good, balanced family life, 
your finances are aligned with what you want and what you are. Uh, your outlook on future possibility is positive, uh, growth-minded. Uh, but then at the forefront, to, to kick it all off really has to be our faith. And then for you and me, it's the Christian faith. I know for others, it might be something else, and we're, we're okay with that. But we're just sharing from our perspective as followers of Christ why faith is that first and foremost thing. And um, so I know with our show— you know, I, I've mentioned a number of times, I have a tool out there called Measure to Make It. Measure it to make it. And one of the first things that you got to do is define what success looks like. And really to get to that point, you got to define what matters most to you. And to get to that point, you got to know what you believe in. And so that's why for me, faith is that first and foremost thing. Um, so Scott, like, why is that the case for you? Well, you know, Jerry, I'll I'll tell you just sort of my testimony, if that's okay. A little background. Um, I I grew up in church, right? So I was uh, so we grew up Baptist. So I was, I guess, considered a Baptist brat, right? So I I, I grew up in church. Um, I was saved uh, at the age of thirteen. Now, the years between fourteen and eighteen, there was no walk with Christ. There, it was out in the world, right? As soon as I got uh, the opportunity to get a part-time job and, uh, you know, expanded my friendships, you know, because when you're, when you're a young kid, you know, your, your friends are your neighborhood friends, but when you get into high school, your friends are coming from all over the place. Right. So, uh, so my influences overtook my walk, right? So I was greatly influenced by uh, friendships and music and behaviors and activities that uh, if I were to divulge, I'd be embarrassed to divulge everything that I took part in uh, at that age group. Um, But I also realized that not only was my walk with Christ being um, affected, uh, but my relationships with my family, right? Um, You know, all of a sudden there's this strained relationship with your parents who have raised you, have taken care of you, are doing everything they can to make sure you have uh, everything you need in life. And and of course, it's a teenage thing, right? We we probably all go through that as teenagers. Um, But for me, uh, when I, I graduated high school, my options were very few and far between, right? Because of the life I led and um, uh, I, I was never diagnosed with the ADHD, but I can pretty much tell you having seen it in other people, I know, I know what it looks like. And I know what it feels like. So I told myself, well, you know, when I graduate high school, it's either jail or retail and I'm not really bit, built for either one of them. <laughs> so, I, so I joined the military and the worst thing you can do to an 18 year old who's lost is tell them to join the military. Yeah, right. Not, yeah, not not because not because there's no opportunity for them there, but all of a sudden you're surrounded a, around by a bunch of other 18 to 23 year olds who are full of hormones, full of angst, full of, you know, uh attitude. And so for years and years and years I I I was away from church and I was away from my walk. Um but plus when the I military is that, a very gung-ho, tough guy kind of even in the Air Force. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the Air Force. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, we're kind of, um, you know, we have a, we have programs and again, I've been retired f- for seven years now, but we had programs that were like resilience programs where you kind of be self-sustaining and, and how to get, get through things. But it wasn't until after I got out of the military um, uh, seven years ago where I started realizing like, man, I, as a father, right. I really need to start being that, that leader in the house, that spiritual leader in the house. Uh, and so that's when we got back in church and, 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 and I started realizing everything that I had been missing over the past, you know, 30 years or so, right. All, all the heartache, 
all the money issues, all the pain and suffering could have been avoided. Maybe not a hundred percent, but if I had just continued with my faith and continued with my walk, I could have uh, really been prepared for all that stuff that I, that took place over those years, or I could have avoided a lot of it uh, to begin with. And so as the leader of my house, as the spiritual leader in my house, um, my goal is that my kids don't run into that same path that I ran into, that, that they understand that faith comes first before anything else. Uh, and, and, and it's amazing. You and I are both in the training and development world. And I know how often I will quote Lencioni or quote Covey and quote all these other great leadership and training authors, Maxwell. But when I look at the Bible written, you know, over 2000 years ago, if you're really reading it, those concepts are already there. Like these aren't these aren't new concepts, right? <laughs> well, like <laughs> certain are- leadership, uh, I I wind up I quote a lieutenant I worked with in Kosovo, um, but when I think about where did that concept really come from, and what he said was, uh, you know, as a leader, Jerry, as an officer, a platoon leader, uh, there are three things I do to make sure that this mission gets taken care of, whether I'm there or not, and that is I never mess with my soldiers' meals, their money. Or their mail. And my job, other than planning the routes and everything, is to make sure that those three things are taken care of for everybody, even if that means I have to go get it myself. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. You know, that was something that people would expect we do for him. If he's the prince, the king of kings, then we should be washing his feet. He's like, nah, let me suit up here and let me wash your feet. Let me let me get on my knees and get in the dirt and wash your feet. And um, so there's that. And now backpedaling a little bit or backtracking, not backpedaling, mm-hmm. but backtracking. Um, We're doing like a Quentin Tarantino yeah. type thing now. We're all over the place. <laughs> a Royale with cheese. Oh, man, that sounds good. <laughs> we should have both had breakfast before we did this. <laughs> yeah, we should have. <laughs> uh, so backtracking a little bit, uh, you talked about uh, how much um, – life seemed to be different because you were a Christian in your family life. Uh, why is it you think that the, your Christian faith, your Christian journey uh, made that difference? Like, you know, what would life have been like without it compared to with it? I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so we're not a perfect family, right? We are, we're just like any other family in the United States of America. Um, and, but, but, but I tell you, we have so much more peace and grace with ourselves in this family than we did five, seven years ago. Um, we have more of a stronger bond, um, than we did five or seven years ago. Um, like my, my kids play video games. I am, I am not a video game guy at all. Now I'm an old dude. So, you know, they're, my kids are obviously much younger, so I'm just not interested in that stuff. Um, but when we sit down and do a Bible study together and I'm able to actually show them what the Bible says, even though it's written so long ago, how they can apply it to their lives. Now we're, we're developing bonds there, like the, and bonds that we never had in the past. Uh, in the past, uh, I love my kids to death, but in a lot of ways I felt they were just superficial. Cause like, we, what's the real connection other than being blood and being, you know, uh, their, their father, there was really no shared experiences, no shared, um, uh, sort of, you know, common things that we, uh, hobbies or anything like that. Like, yeah, again, I don't do video games. Um, I don't do, you know, whatever they do, (laughs) but, uh, but that's something that, um, I've learned that as the leader of the household, the the spiritual leader of the household that the father should be, that's something that I should be taking control over. And I should be the forefront of that. 
Um, and so that's helped us grow as a family together. Um, and so now if we have a challenge or we have a, uh, any type of differences, we can, we can go, Hey, remember we did that Bible study or Hey, remember we, we here, here's what the Bible says about this. We have that, that common thread that we can always rely on to, to solve problems together. And, and so it doesn't sound like it's just mom or dad telling them no for any reason, you know, for our own reasons, it's because it's, it's something that, uh, it's biblical and it's something that, uh, is important. And, and I'll tell you, my kids, I'm so blessed and so thankful to God for my kids, the way they are now compared to the way I was when I was their age. Um, my oldest just turned 15 uh, Thursday. My youngest will turn 13 in August. And for the longest time, it scared the heck out of me that they were getting that age because I remember what I was like at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but they are. So we're, we're, we're heavily involved in our church and they are involved in ministries as young kids. They're ushering, they're doing bus ministry. Uh, they both want to be preachers and pastors when they get older. And so it, um, and, and I owe it, owe it all to God and to our walk because I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own, you know? Um, and so, but it, but it takes that, that concerted effort of everyone being on the same page and, and putting faith first to get us to that point where we are uh, more, more content and more at peace with our, with our lives. Yeah. I, I was amazed by, um, just in my own journey as a Christian dad and a Christian husband, like, you know, when you hear like you need to be the spiritual leader in your home, you're thinking it is leading Bible studies. It is being the theological expert in the house. And I, I think the thing I learned, because I didn't become a Christian until 2005, maybe 2006. So two to three years after I came home from Operation Iraqi Freedom. And so, I mean, I, I had an idea of the Bible. I'd done some Bible studies when I was in high school and middle school, but I was that guy that always tried to get Christians to unfollow God, um, you know, because I was Mr. Smarty Pants and all oh, the, the Bible says this and it contradicts itself like this and it does this. And I'm like, oh, I never knew that. Or they're like, well, I think you're seeing that out of context, Jerry. And of course, now I know the context. It's in the context of Jesus. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. You, know, you can't just pull that one verse. Yeah, you have right? to actually read the, the two or three before it and the two or three after it yes. to actually get the context. And what's so going on. like over, over time from like 2005 to today, uh, I think the number one and number two lessons I've given my kids about the Bible and about Jesus and following Christ is number one, humility. <laughs> and I think more than anything else, I mean, if I could track how many times I had to humbly go to my children and say, you know, Jacob, Emma, I'm sorry. Yesterday I said this, this, and this, which totally countered the rule that we had as a family. And then I just put my foot down as the dad said, you do it because, and I'm sorry, you were right. I was wrong. And I wanted to get my way. Yeah. And you know, it, having the humility to do that, that was hard. Because I want to just be like, oh, I'm the dad. This is my house, my rules. Blah, 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 blah. And like that was me. And but the right thing to do, like when I really got humble, was I had to now go to my kids and be humble uh, because what's at stake isn't whether or not they respect me under my own roof. What's also at stake is what kind of parents do they become? And not only that, what kind of kids do they become for me when I grow up? Like, are they going to want to stick around and be a part of my life? Are they going to be the kind of person that looks to me as an example to follow or an example to avoid? Uh, so those are more of the selfish reasons. But ultimately, what kind of parents are they going to become? What kind of example are they going to have to follow? And, you know, if they're likely to repeat what I do, yeah. then 
humility. We're doomed. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, good luck, grandkids. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, and, I, and I'm the same way. And I admit it. You know, you could you could nickname me Short Fuse. You know, because I, I there are times where I'm like, um, but but I tell you, um, uh, not trying to to brag or anything, but that's uh, my my temper has really been um, subsided. Uh, over the past several years because I've just learned to, uh, and, and every once in a while I still get annoyed, but uh, I, I, I try to practice what pre uh, what Jesus uh, taught and, and follow his example. And again, just like you said, uh, I think about that. I'm like, what are my kids going to be like when they have kids? Like if I, if I'm at them and in their face, are they going to do the same thing? Their kids? Like I wouldn't want that on my grandkids. So I have to set the example now, right? Yeah. Not wait till later. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the second lesson was around grace. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, if, if we believe in a faith that says it's all about grace, second chances, it doesn't matter what you've done. You know, if you sure. believe Jesus is your savior and he can cleanse you of your sins and reconnect you to God, then that's it. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're a murderer, rapist, uh, uh, somebody who cheated on their wife, somebody who cheated on their taxes, uh, yeah. you know, somebody who once, you know, didn't tip their waiter, you know, it's like, once you believe that thing though. You're, you're covered. You're yeah. The door is always open. Yeah. And, and so if that's the case, then if I also remember where I came from, like what I was like when I was 13, 15, 17, then I have to kind of express that grace to my own kids and give them room to make mistakes, to learn from them. Uh, you know, so there's still natural consequences they've got to go through. Um, but they also know that it's not the end of the world if they fail. And I think, the byproduct of that, not only you know teaching them the faith of Christ and, and the, the grace from Christ by doing that, uh, it's kept the door open in the relationship with my kids. And I don't know if that's right. Yeah. No, no. And it makes it, like I said earlier, you know, wh- what are our commonalities? What are things that we are into? Right. <laughs> like, like we don't, sh- I'm not into their style. I'm not, I'm not into their video games or whatever, but we can be into the Bible together, right? We can be into shared stories as far as, you know, Hey, what's your favorite uh, uh, chapter in the Bible? What's your favorite, you know, Bible story. You know, it's funny. Like I, I mentioned earlier, it's like both my kids, they want to be preachers when they grow up, they want to. And um, not too long ago, we had a, uh, uh, our, so we had a new year's Eve party at church. Not what you think it is, right? It wasn't an, actually a party, <laughs> but we had a new year's Eve service. And um, there's uh, about three or four teenage kids, at the church that they want to go to Bible college after they graduate high school. And, and, the, and, the, and our pastor said, all right, I'm going to give you guys a chance to, to preach a message, right? You guys each get five minutes to put together a message. I've had more joy sitting down with my son and we're like, let's, what do we want to talk about? Well, you know, what kind of message do you want to preach? You only got five minutes, so let's make it impactful. Um, I got more joy out of that shared moment, helping him, you know, sort of write out his sermon. Um, I love watching him play football. Right. I love watching my kids play sports. I love when they get great report cards. But that event, I felt like that was that was the closest shared experience of something that we've ever worked on together. I know some people there, some dads will do model cars with their kids or they'll do woodworking with their kids. That's just not how we are in our house. But sitting down and we're opening the Bible and I'm like, well, what's the story you want to talk about? You know, and how do you want to relate it to today? Working that out and working out the flow of the sermon and the and the different uh, verses that he's going to utilize. That was so incredibly uh, moving for me uh, because one, <clears throat> it's a bonding moment, but two, it actually, it's a lot deeper than building a model car 
or th- teaching them how to throw a, a baseball or teach them how to ride a bike. Right. It's, it's uh, like, it, it's, it's a lot more purposeful uh, that, that, that moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Nice. Now, somebody who isn't doing something like this currently, and they're inspired right now, like, yeah, I want to do that with my kids. Uh, Should they just go grab Bibles right now and sit down and say, all right, guys, we're going to now do a five-part study of the book of John. Let's go. Let's start with Job. (laughs) Job. That's a nice long one for everybody. We're going to get boils and blisters. Yeah. yeah. Wait, why are we doing this? No, I, I, you know what? There are a lot of different um, uh, devotions out there. There's family devotions out there. Uh, Because I'll I'll be honest, Jerry, I am, I'm not a Bible scholar, right? I, I, sometimes people ask me, what's your favorite verse? I don't know. It changes, you know, it, it changes depending on what I happen to be reading that day. Um, you know, what's your favorite Bible story? I don't know anything that's in red letters. We use red letter edition Bible. So anything <laughs> Jesus said, <laughs> that, that's my favorite story. Um, but I, I would look at doing uh, like a family devotion. There's different books out there, different resources out there that are geared towards family. And uh, we, 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 we haven't done it in a while, but we need to get back into it. Um, but we would open up the family devotion. It would talk about, you know, a family subject, family issue, and then it would give some verses that you can go read the Bible. And, and I would have each kid, we have four kids in our house and each of them would read a verse. Um, and, and, and they are sharing their insight into it and how they understand it. And then we can, you know, coach them on it. If, if they're picking up the way it's intended or if they're right on point or not. Um, and so, but that's that bonding moment. And I tell you, kids love it. Um, my niece lives with us. She's five years old. And if we go some period of time without doing it, she's like, uncle Scott, can we do Bible study? And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, we haven't (laughs) done it in a while because we got crazy hectic schedules, but, um, I would start with that. I would really start with that. Um, and then also getting in a good church too, you know, um, uh, finding that time to come together as a family and, and, and find a good church to go to is important. Um, especially at younger ages, um, Cause I know the influence that I had. Um, and I, and I know the influence that my kids have, they go to, you know, they, they go to the same school that your kids went to. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, what's out there. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and sometimes you got to be worried, not about the influence from the kids, but the influence from the teachers. Oh, and so, yeah. and so, you know, our, our example should come first, right. And the Bible example should come first. So um, I, I think, um, you know, making, uh, Christ the preeminence in everything that we do. Right? Yeah. Um, it's gotta be authentic. You know, it's yeah. like if, um, the only time your, your family sees you being a Christ follower is on Sunday morning when it's time to pile into the car and not even then, yeah. like, 
like you're piling into the car. It's like, F you, Chun, get in the car. You know, I'm going to whip you in a next Tuesday. And and then like you're arguing with your wife all the way to church. And then all of a sudden church is there. And you're like, oh, hi, brother John. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah. Good to see you. Yes. We're living the life here. We're so blessed. And then you get back in the car in church. F this guy for cutting me off in the parking lot. You're like, this is the church parking lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. But <laughs> Honestly, I, I tell you, Jerry, we're not perfect people. Yeah, I know. Right? We have the, we have those moments. We have those moments, we, and no one can be perfect, right? Yeah. Um, there, if you if you compare yourself to the standard, which is Jesus Christ, man, we fail miserably every single time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but yeah, kids, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be, um, and and so for us, for me, like especially me and my wife, um, like I I took we took on um, a couple ministries at church. Like on Wednesday nights, we have Wednesday night services, and so we do a kids club, and so. Throughout the week, my wife is coming up with games and activities that are scripturally based and biblically based um, games and activities. So we're, we're, we're filling up our time during the week preparing for these ministries. We lead a, a college and career age ministry, and we call it the Navigators because what a perfect name for uh, you know young kids, 18 to you know 20 something years old that are trying to navigate Christianity and college and, and a career. And so we're spending throughout most evenings throughout the week, we're spending time in Bible study, putting together messages, putting together um, those type of things. And so our kids see it too. Right. And it's great when I come downstairs uh, or when I, when I come out of the bedroom and I'll see my son's laptop on the dining room table and his Bible right next to it. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, You know, I'm thinking about my next sermon, what what I'm going to do it on. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Like I'm not prompting him to do that. I'm not, but he's seeing it, right? We're setting that example. He's seeing it uh, not only through us, but especially through the the, the church that we uh, we are a part of. And so um, that's that kind of puts you at ease a little bit, right? Because again, if I look back to when I was 15 years old, my parents wouldn't have seen me at the dining room table with a Bible or a school book. Cause I was absent. I was, <laughs> I was out in the, I was out in the world. I'm like, I was, you know, partying and up and, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so, but, the, but I think going back to uh, putting faith first, I, that's what's leading to where we're at. Uh, Cause we're making it a priority. Uh, I mean, as, as a matter of fact, when we get off with this recording uh, we're heading up to the church because our, our church, we go out on Saturdays and we pass out flyers and we knock on doors from time to time. And, and we want to set the example for our kids. Yeah. You're going to be a part of this. You know, we're going to, we're going to grow the kingdom and it doesn't happen by just wishing and hoping. I mean, you actually got to get out there and boots to the street. So, uh, and, and you know, it's funny when I was their age and we did it as a kid, I loathed it. I hated <laughs> it. I was like, this is so embarrassing. We're knocking on people's doors and my kids go out there eager. They go out there excited. They're, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. Just There's, incredible. um, this is a little side note, but I mean, I was thinking about it when you're talking about volunteering alongside your kids. So this becomes just a part of what they do. Um, there's a organization out there called the Search Institute. They've got decades worth of data they've collected on 40 developmental assets for youth that build resilience, reduce at-risk behaviors or high-risk behaviors. And so it's divided into two categories, external assets, internal assets. The internal assets you and I as parents have no influence over. Those are just in them and they develop it on their own, you know, based on what they see and decide and so on. But the external assets are the things we can provide them in their um, 
environment. So things like open communication between parent and child or adult and child, very big. So the kids who had that kind of connection with adults, that they felt safe, they were safe, they could talk about the world and question things, huge. Uh, which comes from being able to have things like Bible study. It's kind of a byproduct. Uh, but there are other, there's like four others are all connected to like church in some way, you know, community, service, uh, you know, seeing a positive environment of other people who are like-minded. It, it, it was very interesting. Like you, you could look through that list of 20 external assets and at least five of them were linked to church in some way. And you're like, oh, oh wow. yeah, just by going every week and, and being plugged in at home every day and in everything we do, uh, you're adding at least five developmental assets. And this, this leads to things like decreased drug and alcohol use, um, abuse specifically, uh, decreased, um, like promiscuity. Uh, so that, that reduces the risk of STDs, teen pregnancy, um, sexual assault. Um, cause you know, you're doing less of the at risk behaviors and, uh, now sexual assault still is in the purview of the perpetrator. Like it's them that they're the ones that default, but, um, you know, as far as perpetrator sexual assault, there's, there's a tie in there as well. Like you're less likely to commit crimes if you have more developmental assets. Uh, and then on the positive side, you're more likely to be in a leadership role and succeed uh, in your career and your finances and your family life. Uh, the more assets you have while you're growing up. So all, all, all very biblically based, by the way, Jerry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just neat that there's like data out there on the social scene uh, in the family scene through the search Institute uh, independently done. That just happens to connect a lot of those dots. So, yeah. Well, and I, I will tell you, um, obviously um, you're, you're, you know, the, the more free time you have, the more trouble you can get into. Right. So um, there's a, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon um, and I believe it goes, uh, the idle man tempts the devil to tempt him. Oh. Right. So, so, so it's like, um, if you are uh, not involved with your kids and you just letting them do whatever, you have no idea what's going on in their lives. Um, by nature, our sin nature, they're going to gravitate towards those things, those worldly things that like, Ooh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to experiment with this. I want to experiment with that. Um, and, and even as adults, you know, that, that idleness, that, kind of like mentality, like I'm not going to be working on anything or pursuing anything. Um, you allow influences to bring you down. In our, in our case, what we try to do is be as active as we can um, in their spiritual life. So if, if it's Bible study, or even if it's at church, like trying to get involved as much as we can at church, because it, again, like you said, they're in a community and they're in a shared community where it's not perfect people, but it's people that are pursuing uh, the same thing. And the alternative to that is a bunch of, you know, people that grow up and say, well, I can't adult today, or, you know, woe is me. The world is a hard, tough place to live in. Um, however, if they're learning resilience through, you know, Paul, you know, you know, reading, reading the books that Paul wrote and they learn about resilience, um, learning about how to treat people and, and be compassionate and loving, uh, which is what uh, is written throughout the Bible. They're getting so much more, um, I guess uh, I don't want to say hacks, but so, so much more skills and understanding of how to navigate the world than they would if they were just left onto their own devices. Yeah. Um, yeah. You learn so. to do things like surrender what you absolutely have no control over. And once you do that, you're like, okay, what are the things I do have control over? Where's my leap of faith in this situation? And like, well, I can do that, whatever that is. You know, I can pick up the phone and call somebody and ask for help. I can go to a website and learn what it takes to apply for a, a 
an academic program that will get me to the next level of my career. Um, I can go to a marriage retreat with my wife and yeah, and unplug from everything for a couple of days and focus on my wife. You know, there's you know, there's a yeah. solution out there. And I think when you surrender, yeah, you surrender to things you absolutely cannot control. I mean, I think, is it the addiction um, program, the um, Alcoholics Anonymous, the Serenity mm-hmm. Prayer? Yeah, sure. Give me the strength to let go of the things I can't control and embrace the ones I can. I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, now, we've been talking a lot about the impact of faith on family because for you and I, family has been a big part of our lives and a big goal for us in terms of what success looks like. Uh, but more broadly, we wanted we wanted to kind of chat a little bit about why is it important to put faith first before like our goals, our specific goals. Sure. And this is kind of a cool tie in because I have this like tool, measure it to make it. That's all about setting goals. Uh, but I'll tell Download you. Download the tool, people. Download, Download it. it. Shameless plug. <laughs> Beyondtherut.com slash goals. <laughs> but you know, listen to this episode first and then think about it and then download that tool and you'll see where it connects. Um, but why is it that, you know, what what is the benefit of when your faith is first and foremost then you start establishing your goals from there. Yeah, I don't want to say that everything falls into place if you have your faith. <laughs> I would. <laughs> <You know>? no, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> no, but I, but I will say your priorities are um, usually pretty clear, right? Because sometimes we want, sometimes we have goals, and they are not necessarily goals that are best for us, but goals that we think this is what I'm, I should have, right? I should have this level of paying job. I should have this type of car. I should have this amount of body fat, I should, you know, these are the, the, you know, a lot of goals that people uh, sort of set for themselves. Um, But without guiding principles and values, those goals are meaningless, you know? So, so, you know, for me, uh, having faith in Christ and having a walk with Christ outweighs my job. Right. And and, and, I I mean, but I'll tell you what, it gets me through my job. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, It gets me through my job. Um, and and so for for me personally, putting my uh, putting faith first, um, that's the most important thing, right? Because guess what, Jerry? None of us get out of alive. None of us get out alive. We 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 can have all the money in the world. We can have the best physique in the world. We can uh, have the perfect job. But at the end of the day, uh, life is just a vapor. And uh, if we're not walking in our faith and we're not trying to do our best to bring others. Uh, to, to heaven, you know, to try to bring as many people ahead to heaven as we can. Um, our, our time spent on earth is, is useless. It's worthless. Um, but, I, but I tell you, I have more, uh, when, I, when I'm going through something uh, that's troubling me at work, or I'm going through some sort of challenge at work, um, I can open up a Bible verse. It's going to get me through the day, right? I can open up a, 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 something that Paul wrote about uh, trials and, and challenges that gets me through the day. Um, and, and, and I can go, Oh, you know what? I got something bigger than all this, whatever's going on. I got something that's bigger than all this on my side. I'm on the winning side, so to speak. Right. Um, and that motivates me and inspires me to go, you know what? Um, I can't go through this now. Uh, and and it really clear, uh, really, uh, puts things in its perspective, whether that goal is actually appropriate or if it's something that it's, uh, uh, something that I really need to be focusing. And, And I tell you what we talked about earlier is, the Bible is full of all these um, lessons on how to be better at your job, how to be better with finances, how to be better with your family. And so if you focus on that first and study that first, it helps you reach these other goals that you might have. Right. 
I, I love that. And it reminded me of uh, an earlier episode that I recorded with somebody named Vincent Pugliese uh, from Total Life Freedom Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming out with a book pretty soon. And uh, one thing he talks about in that book is generous goals. So mm-hmm. it's goals with other people in mind serving mm-hmm. others in mind. And when you look at, you know, what is it the Christian life is called to? It's serving others. I mean, yes. serving God by serving mm-hmm. others. And, you know, when your goals are aligned with your faith, you're also writing these generous goals. I want to give this much to this charity to change the world in this way to glory God. You know, it's like, sure. wow, that's pretty bold. <laughs> and yeah. you know, if you keep it to yourself, that's awesome. Because now you're not just bragging about like, oh, I'm going to give a million dollars away. It's like, you now you just earn a million dollars and you give it away. It's like, I did that for God. Check. Yeah, and, absolutely. And- so so we serve, um, we support a lot of missionaries at our church. And so it's like, I get a, pay, you know, I'll get a pay raise, right? And it's like, my wife and I look at each other. I'm like, you know how much more we can give to uh, John Hernandez, who's down in the Amazon? <laughs> you know, like, like, this is great. We can we can up our, our support for for this missionary or, or we can help, uh, you know, uh, help build whatever wing that we need to add on to the church now. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I, I like money, Jerry. I like, I like having bills paid. I like, uh, uh, having low to little, uh, to no to little debt. Um, but I also like to be able to give back and, and support other people who are, um, serving God. Yeah. Same here. I think the thing that hurt me the most in the last decade and some change, uh, was just struggling financially and not being able to, you know, take a friend in for a night or two who needed it or, yeah. Uh, to you know, write a check for somebody in need, or to give to a cause that was doing a big thing. It's like, oh man, you know, I, I know a thousand dollars would make a big impact. I can, I can do five. And, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> but I know in my heart, giving a thousand was the target. You know, that's the thing right. that I know I needed to give because that was what was on my heart. For somebody else, it might be ten grand. For somebody else, five dollars was the thing they were called to do. Um, but it would just pain me that it was like, you know, here I am with a calling to give this much and I don't even have it, but I can give five. And there you go. I guess yeah, I, yeah. I'm a good person. And then off I go. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I say it is not because of the dollar amount, folks. It's because the thing on my heart was to give a certain amount and I couldn't. And that's what would bother me. Um, and, you know, it's just, again, you know, yeah, having your faith drive your goals and what your definition mm-hmm. of success is. Uh, I believe helps set guardrails for you as well. So sure. now you can achieve or pursue success and you're not compromising your faith, your family or your health. And it's yeah. like, because you've identified what matters most to you through your faith. Um, yeah. So this is, this has been great, man. Um, yeah. Now you're on the Llama Lounge through sir, Llama Leadership. Yes, uh, it's a team of five folks, all Air Force. Um, two of you are yes. retired. Uh, tell us more about Llama Leadership, where folks can find you, and then let's plug Lima Charlie Network while we're at it. Yeah, absolutely. So Llama Lounge, uh, I'll start off with Llama Leadership. Uh, it was a group of four of us that we started uh, back in 2018 as a blog site, uh, posting articles on everything from faith, family, finances. No, I'm still in Jerry's son. <laughs> I know. Uh, like, so uh, but, but, but really a lot of the topics were similar to that, like leadership uh, specific topics, uh, family, you know, life learning a leadership is our tagline. Um, and then in uh, 2020, like everybody and their mom, we started a podcast um, and that's been going uh, pretty consistently. Uh, we, we post once a week. Uh, actually, no, we post more than once a week now. So we have, we have a, uh, our main podcast comes out on Tuesdays. And then we have some uh, extra bits and pieces that come out 
uh, throughout the week as well. Some little short lessons and um, snippets from our, our main podcast. So that's been going for uh, for two years, pretty pretty strong. And uh, and we uh, our team, along with Jerry and some other uh, veterans, are part of what's called the Lima Charlie Network, where we support each other through different endeavors. We uh, kind of boost each other's um, uh, <clears throat> push throughout the world. Like we'll, we'll advertise for Beyond the Rut and Beyond the Rut will advertise for Llama Lounge and Llama Leadership. And uh, who else is on there? There's Noble Gibbons. Yeah, from EQ Gangster. He's the EQ Gangster. He's an Army veteran. There's Jay Lee, who is on the uh, Live Free podcast. He's a Navy veteran. We have Trip Bodenheimer from the Shadows, the, Beyond, the Shadows podcast. Air Force guy. Uh, what else am I missing? Anybody? Uh, Shea Sparks from Shea the Sparks. Power of yes. Investing in people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's a great. Uh, what I what I love about Lima Charlie Network is every day you get something new, right? So there's so if if you are a committed podcast listener and you're looking for a fresh look every single day of the week, uh, check out the Lima Charlie Network and uh, you'll get a new podcast every single day of the week uh, geared towards some of the stuff that we talked about today and, and also some other things. Um, so it's just really good stuff. Nice. Scott, always, as always, there we go. Yes. Uh, great to have you on the show. And of course, I mean, we'll see you again because, um, well, we're in the Lima Charlie Network together. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to keep that uh, Marco Polo chat on its toes. <laughs> With the random old men, uh, how does this thing work? Uh, yeah, that's you yeah. and me. That, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. I think everybody else has that down pat. You and I are the ones that are like constantly staring eyeball to the camera. Like, <laughs> what is that guy doing? Oh, this thing's on. Oh, uh, hi guys, <laughs> man. Uh, but anyway, uh, great having you on. And uh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Yes, sir. God bless. Good seeing you, Jerry. Now, if you like everything you heard in this episode. Go to LimaCharlieNetwork.com and check out the other podcasts that we have in that network. There you'll find shows like The Llama Lounge, Beyond the Rut, EQ Gangster, and The Shadows Podcast, as well as Shea Sparks, one of the brain trusts of the organization from The Power of Investing in People. And then you also got Jay Lee and more. So there you go. Go check out LimaCharlieNetwork.com. I'll put that in the show notes over at beyondtherut.com slash 314. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.